Greetings viewers and listeners. We are here again for an episode of Evolving Safe Walk. It's another day, it's another opportunity to hear the word and I'm happy to be one of the persons or the person today to share the word with you. We are going to look at a very important topic. So I want to thank you for being here. If you're not a subscriber, if you're not a follower, please do that. Please subscribe. You can find me at Books by Rosemarie. That's the website or Books by Rosemarie or Books by Rosemarie Downer. That's Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook and Instagram are Books by Rosemarie or Books by Rosemarie Downer. Website is Books by Rosemarie. So thank you for being here. Please like, please share, please follow. I pray that you will do that. And um, I pray that this lesson, this teaching, this sharing, this episode will be a blessing to you. So we're going to, I'm going to um, take this time to look at some common questions I get when I teach on forgiveness. There's almost always someone in the audience, whether it's during the teaching or after the teaching that asked me one of these questions. So I've compiled a list of very common questions I get about forgiveness. I'm going to read the questions. We're going to take a look at the questions and then we're going to um, answer the questions. All right. So again, I'm encouraging you to subscribe. As you listen, send it to someone, invite them to take a look at it, like it, comment on it. All right. This help, helps the algorithm for more people to discover the videos and things like that. So question number one, can one forgive and still feel hurt? Can a person forgive an individual and still feel hurt? So hurt is a natural response when we are offended. Let me <clears throat> take you to this next slide. If you see this figure, those of us who are watching versus listening, you see the infraction takes place, the wrong that is done to you or me. The next response, the natural response to the infraction is hurt. So hurt is natural. Hurt is natural to an assault, an offense. That's a natural response. Um, then if we hold on to the hurt long enough, if we keep rehearsing what happened to us, we keep, if we keep reliving what happened to us, that's going to make the hurt remain. That's not going to heal the hurt. When we keep reliving, keep rehearsing, keep retelling, keep wishing we had done something different. I wish I hadn't gone over there. I wish I hadn't answered that text. I wish I hadn't met that person. When we keep doing that, we keep reliving and rehearsing the hurt, the situation. That keeps the hurt alive and well. So... Once we do that and we stay in a place of hurt long enough, it then turns into offense, which is unforgiveness. So notice, hurt is the immediate response. And if we linger there long enough, we become offended because we're not getting over this hurt, not knowing that we're the one that's keeping ourselves there. We become offended. We become we find our state in a place of unforgiveness because we can't get past the hurt. So let's now go back to the question. Can one forgive and still feel hurt? No. When we forgive, 
Notice forgive is the third, the offense, hurt, and unforgiveness. Unforgiveness or offense is the third phase or step in this flowchart. If we stop it there, we've eradicated all of what happened before. The forgiveness will take care of the hurt. Another reason why I know that when we forgive, we no longer hurt is forgiveness is a gift from the father that you take from the father and gift yourself and also the offender. Forgiveness doesn't come from us. It is not of our will that we forgive. We have to submit and yield our will to the father to be empowered to forgive. It's a gift to us from the father that we re-gift to ourselves and to others. And anything he gives is complete. Anything the father does is thoroughly and completely done. And with that forgiveness comes healing from the hurt that we experienced that got us to a place of unforgiveness. Does it mean we forget what happened to us when we forgive? No, we still remember the incident, but not the detail to the point to hurt us all over again. So when we recall the situation, we call it with a whole different set of emotions. So answer to question number one, can one forgive and still feel hurt? No, forgiveness is, is a healing, it's a restoration. Forgiveness is liberating. Forgiveness frees and heals us, the offended one, before it, it does anything for the offender. This is why it is said that forgiveness is first for the offended and then for the offender. So the answer to that question is no. Next question. Does forgiving someone means I forget what happened? And I sort of addressed that. No, it does not mean we forget what happened. It means that we don't get amnesia. It means that when we do recall it, we remember it with a different set of emotions, with a different mindset. So if, if prior to forgiving, when you remember the incident, you cry because of what was done to you and it was very unpleasant and, and, and you know, you cry because of that reason. When you forgive, when you cry now, you're crying tears of thanksgiving. Father, thank you for bringing me through that. Thank you, you've healed my pain. It's, it's thanksgiving, it's worship, it's gratitude. How can I use this to help someone else? You're ready to pour into someone else some of the lessons that you have learned by going through this situation. So we don't forget. The saying that says forgive and forget, no, we don't get amnesia. You remember that this thing happened to you, but you remember, you recall it with a whole different set of emotions, a, a different heart posture. And tears may come, but different type of tears. Next question. Does refusal to go back into the situation that led to the offense means I have not forgiven? It could. In some cases it is, and in some cases it is not. I'm going to first deal with a scenario that if you refuse to go back into the situation that led to offense, it is not unforgiveness. I'm going to talk about that first. So let's say 
you have an abusive husband, physically, verbally abusive. And it's so bad that you had to leave. And then you have others saying to you, you need to forgive him or her. Because men get abused too. You need to forgive your partner and go back because God doesn't want you apart from your partner. But at the same time, your partner is still abusive, physically and verbally. Nothing has changed. Going back into that situation, not a good idea. Because you're now making yourself readily available to be abused all over again. You can be apart from that person and forgive them, but choose not to go back in that situation unless you show me evidence that you have changed your ways. Another example, you sent your neighbor, your 10-year-old daughter to your neighbor to drop off something or pick up something. Your friend wasn't there, but her husband was there and he sexually molested your child. Would you send your child back to that house? No, but that doesn't mean you have not forgiven the man. You can forgive him, but don't ever send your child back over there. Let's take an example where you refuse to go back into the situation, and that could mean you have not forgiven. Let's take ministry. You're the worship leader, and a whole lot of ruckus started in church. Those of you who go to church will immediately know what I'm talking about. Somebody turned up against you. You're offended and you quit. I'm no longer the worship leader. Let somebody else do it. You want it that bad? You can have it. Happens in church all the time. It's called jealousy. So the person who wanted it that bad got the position. And in no time, the pastor sees that the worship ministry is declining. Why? It's not that person's assignment. It's your assignment. It's you got the glorious position you always wanted, but the ministry is declining. So the pastor comes to you. You're still attending the church. Comes to you and say, you know what, Rosemary, I need for you to take back your post because things are not going as well. Pastor, I'm not doing that. As long as he's in that position, as long as I have to work with that, I'm, I, can't, I can't do it. It means you have not forgiven. But if you are willing to go back in that position, even though you have to work with the very first, the very same person who did you wrong, it's a first fruit of forgiveness. So it depends on the situation. It depends on the circumstance. Forgiveness means you can trust again. But that trust doesn't mean always that you put yourself back in the person's path to trod all over you again because you know they have not changed. But true forgiveness makes us vulnerable all over again, depending on the situation. I hope that helps. Let's take the next question. What if the person is dead? Can I still forgive them? Yes, you can. You can write letters. You can talk to them, not talking to the dead, not going to the grave and talk to them because they can't hear you. I always tell people, those of us who go to the graveside and talk to the dead, what would you do if they answer you one day? Hi, mom. Hey, girl. How you doing? What would you do? <laughs> I'm getting married next year. I'm so glad you found a husband. What would you do? 
So I'm not talking about talking to the dead. I'm talking about talking to an empty chair and pre pretend the person is sitting in that chair. And all of what you didn't get to tell them, maybe they aren't ready, maybe you didn't get the chance to do it. When they were alive, you're going to talk to them as if they're there. And you're safer doing it that way because they can't rebut, they can't argue, they can't deny. You're now telling them the impact their behavior has had on you. You're emptying it out. You're vomiting it up. You're talking to them about what their behavior has done to you. And then after you empty that out, you have the forgiveness talk. You have the person to know that you are forgiving them or you have forgiven them. If you, you're not ready to talk, if you can't talk it through, write it. Write it. Write the event letter. Write the circumstance letter, the detail of the impact of what was done. And then write the forgiveness letter. But after writing it, you read it. It's good for it to come out of your mouth. So the chair is there. Pretend your father's there. Pretend your husband is there. Pretend your neighbor's there. Pretend your boss is there. Pretend your pastor is there. Whomever did the wrong to you. And read the letter, the event letter, and the forgiveness letter. Yes, we can forgive a person who has passed on. Again, not to talk to the dead because the dead knows nothing. And this is why, even why we know that forgiveness is for us, not the next person. If it was for the next person, it'd be too late because the dead knows nothing. So in doing this, we are doing it for ourselves. Next question. Do I have to be friends with the person because I have forgiven them? Have to? No. But let me say, if you were friends before, one of the benefits, one of the follow-ups to forgiveness is restored relationship. So if you were friends before, that friendship should be restored. And it could even be better than it was before. Now, if you weren't friends before, if you weren't hanging out and laughing and doing things before and the person hurts you and you forgive them, you don't have to, to step over walls to be friends with them because you've forgiven them. No, if you were friends before, one of the benefits and reactions to forgiveness is restoration, which is restored relationship. And sometimes even if you weren't friends before, but because something went wrong and you forgive, it opens the door for you to become friends. It opens the door for your relationship to be even different because that person sees that I did her wrong and she turned around and forgive me. So it does open the door for, for, for friendship to take place. So have to know if you weren't friends before, but if you were friends before, that should at least be restored to where it was before. Hopefully that helps. Next question. If I forgive someone and never tell them, is that really forgiveness? Yes, you can forgive someone and not tell them. It takes one person to forgive, but it requires at least two people to reconcile. Remember, forgiveness is first for you. If you can tell the person and the, the circumstances are right, do by all means tell them. What I mean by if the circumstances are right, if the person is ready to hear that they offended you, and therefore I am forgiving you, 
then you can talk to them. But if they're still in denial, if they're belligerent, if they're argumentative, if they're confrontational, if they're still abusive, and things are going to go worse if you have this conversation with them, take care of you by forgiving them and keep it moving. So we have to use wisdom. Is this person ready to hear this? Because when you say you're forgiving someone, for them to receive it, they have to first admit, own the fact that they've done something for you to forgive them of. So if they're not at that place, trying to forgive a person like that won't work. It won't work because they're not ready to hear it. So if I forgive someone and never tell them, is that really forgiveness? Yes, it can be forgiveness. Actually, whether you tell them, whether you, whether it's right for you to tell them or not, it can be forgiveness. Yes, because forgiveness can take just one person between you and God. However, it's optimal if you can tell the person they agree with you that I did wrong and I'm accepting your forgiveness. That then opens the door for what the father really wants and that is reconciliation. The next step to forgiveness is reconciliation. Not all relationships will be reconciled. May I make that very clear? Not all relationships will be reconciled. Paul and I think it was Silas had a, 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 a very strong argument over Mark. Paul was a no-nonsense guy. Um, Mark bailed out on the mission trip and uh, um, Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas, Barnabas wanted to take Saul with them. I'm sorry, Mark with them on another trip. And Saul said, no, Paul said, no, he's not coming. Barnabas being a peacemaker, um, wanted Mark to come again. And no, he said, no. So they got into an argument and they separated paths. They separated, but later on they came back together. They separated doing ministry over here and ministry over here. Later on, they reconciled and came back together and did ministry together. Not always. I want to make it clear. And not because you didn't reconcile with the person to come back together to do whatever, business, ministry, life, whatever. It doesn't mean you have not forgiven. Forgiven is the, a state of the heart and it's between you and your father. It may involve the offender and it may not involve the offender. If it can involve the offender, by all means, involve the offender. But if you don't involve the offender and you have let the person go truly between you and your God, it's fine. If you can reconcile, because optimally the Lord wants us to reconcile. He wants us to come back together. If that's possible at all, it should be done. But you can't do it by yourself. You may want to re reconcile, but the other person may not want to reconcile. So we have to come to grips with that. Okay. Next question. What if the person is argumentative and is not likely to accept forgiveness? Should I still forgive them? Yes, you, def you definitely should still forgive them because remember, it's for you and it can be done between just you and God. If they are argumentative, if they are, um, are belligerent, if they are the, all the negatives, don't go there. Don't go there because your conversation is going to get worse. It, the situation is going to get worse. We have to use wisdom. All right? The, the, the child, the person who molested you, they, they still say you lied. They still say you made it up. Why are you going to go to them and tell them you forgive them? They're going to they're gonna stir it up again. They're going to 
denounce you. They're going to insult you. They're, they're going to whatever they can do to create that barrier to protect themselves. That's what they're going to do. So take care of your inner man. You let it go. You release them, whether they know it or not. You let them go. Maybe one day they'll come to grips with it. They may end up coming to you to ask for forgiveness. But you do what you need to do before your father to be set free from the grip of unforgiveness. So what if the person is argumentative and is not likely to accept forgiveness? Don't give it to them in that sense, to meet them, to hand them forgiveness. You, you release them like a bird in a cage, just let them free and you will be fine. You should still forgive them. All right, so that was the last question. Um, and I wanna talk about the book set. They have a book here, The High Call of Forgiveness, and we have a 40-day devotional. And we have a two-part, um, 18 sessions, actually, study series. We have a leader guide with all the answers. We have a student workbook. Um, so these, these are good, rich resources on forgiveness. Very good for, for small groups, cell groups, life groups, women's ministry, men's ministry, book clubs, um, Bible study midweek or um, Sunday or Sabbath Bible study. Very good, enriching um, material, deep dive on forgiveness, what the word of God says about forgiveness, our obligations to forgive and to accept the father's forgiveness and to forgive others and reconcile and the, the blessings of forgiveness, the consequences of unforgiveness. You, you find all of that in this book and in the teaching. So I, I pray that the answers have helped. If, if any of these questions were roaming around in your mind about forgiveness peripherally, I have addressed them adequately. There are others, but I did not want to make this too long. These are probably the most common ones. Another one that I didn't mention, um, I, I, is, no, this is not a question. This is really a statement. Uh, I forgive them, but it's as if they don't exist. We can, we can deal with that. I can deal with some myths about unforgiveness in another, um, forgiveness in another um, session. And that would definitely be one of them, why that is inappropriate. Okay. All right. So again, thank you for being here. Subscribe, please share, please like, please forward. Um, I do love to hear, hear from my listeners and viewers. So if you can do that, please do that. Booksbyrosemary.com is the website. Books by Rosemary or Books by Rosemary Downers, Facebook and Instagram. Books Rosemary's Twitter. And here is the YouTube channel. Thank you for joining me one more time on another episode of All Things Faith Walk, where we talk about the word of God in practical terms, where we can apply them to our lives, where we can live them out. We are going to be hearers and doers of the word of God. Forgiveness is a mandate. We've got to do it. Amen. We've got to do it. And his grace is enough. So thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me on another episode of All Things Faithful. I love to do this. I love teaching the word of God. I enjoy it. So I pray that it's, as much as I'm enjoying it, it's blessing you as much. Again, thank you for being here. The Lord bless you and 